0: Praise Thee, Lord, for Thy, great plan, that we thy
1: place may be. Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible The book of Isaiah begins with a detailed list of complaints that Jehovah God brought against his people Israel, but soon thereafter, a lovely and saving Christ is ushered in. How can we see such a Christ in the pages of the Old Testament? Stay with us today, as the book of the prophet Isaiah is masterfully opened up in another life study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee was a faithful servant of Christ for more than 70 years before going to be with Christ in 1997. Witness Lee stood square on the shoulders of his forerunner Watchman Nee and countless other faithful servants of God throughout the centuries. We're pleased to be able to bring this kind of speaking to the radio, and we're also pleased to have Ron Kangas with us again to assist us in this endeavor. Ron, welcome once again to the program.
2: I'm happy to participate in fellowship concerning Christ and God's interests on the earth today.
1: Ron, yesterday we touched two pairs of references in Isaiah chapter 4 that graphically indicate the ushering in of the God-man Christ. These two pairs are going to be the focus of the entire program today. And I think I'd like to read a couple of these verses before we hear Witness Lee. Once again, we're in Isaiah chapter 4 and verse 2. In that day, the shoot of Jehovah will be beauty and glory, and the fruit of the earth, excellence and splendor to those of Israel who have escaped. And also, we're going to hear speaking related to verses five and six. Jehovah will create over the entire region of Mount Zion, and over all of her convocations, a cloud by day and smoke, and the brightness of a fiery flame by night, for over all the glory there will be a canopy, and there will be a shelter as a daytime shade from the heat and as a refuge and a cover from storm and rain. Ron, let me ask you about the principle of seeing Christ in Old Testament passages such as these. Many people might say that these are just too obscure to say definitely or with a surety that these refer to Christ. How do you respond to such a charge? This is a very good question.
2: In Reading, studying, interpreting, and understanding the Bible, we need to follow sound principles. We're not here to arbitrarily and subjectively say this or say that about the Word of God. So our focus on Christ in Isaiah and our testimony that the various portions that we mention, such as the verses you read, refer to Christ. All this is based upon sound principles. The first is this. The Bible is a book of Christ. It's a book that reveals Christ. It's a book focused on Christ. Well, how do we know this? Well, we know it because the Lord Jesus said so. For instance, in John chapter 5, He said to certain religious students of the Bible, you search the scriptures. And then the Lord said, they testify concerning me, but you will not come to me that you might have life. So here we have the crucial matters of the scriptures speaking concerning Christ and our coming to Christ as we are searching the Scriptures and coming to Christ for life from Christ through the Word. So this is one sound basis for suggesting, even for claiming and proclaiming, that the Bible, and Isaiah in particular, is a book of Christ. Then the Lord himself goes on in Luke 24 to say that, Moses and the prophets wrote concerning him, and he began to show them from all the scriptures, including the prophets, the things concerning himself. We are told in chapter 24 of Luke that there were three kinds of openings. First, the Lord opened the scriptures. Second, the Lord opened the minds of the disciples to understand the Scriptures. And third, their eyes were opened that they might see the Lord. If it were obvious that in this chapter and that chapter of Isaiah, Christ is revealed, we would not need our minds to be opened by the Lord. We would not need the Scriptures opened by him. But because the Bible is a book of Christ, because the Bible speaks concerning Christ, it is more than faithful to claim that there is much more of Christ in a book such as Isaiah than meets our natural eye. If we are open to the very Christ revealed in Isaiah, so that he may open our minds to understand himself as revealed in Isaiah, we will be able to come to certain passages that contain metaphors, or symbols, or types, or prophecies, and we will be enlightened by the Spirit to see this is a reference to Christ. Furthermore, when we follow the principle of comparing Scripture with Scripture, we find much supporting evidence in other biblical books that this item is related to Christ. So these are some suggestions to show that we are not arbitrary or subjective in focusing on Christ in the book of Isaiah. There is a lot more of Christ in this book than we might expect. If we love him and are seeking him, we believe the spirit of reality will unveil him to us in the pages of this lovely, mysterious, prophetic book.
1: Ron, we want to let our listeners know that again today we have Witness Lee, uh, speaking from 1990, physically much weaker, but there certainly was no weakness of the Spirit in this ministry, was there?
2: Absolutely not. You have this paradox in Second Corinthians. When we are weak then we are strong. The Lord's power is made perfect, is made manifest in our weakness. As we mentioned in the first broadcast in this series, we are vessels, earthen vessels, containing Christ as a treasure. And our brother Lee was an exemplar of this, a pattern of this. As he grew older humanly, his vessel became weaker, and his voice was weaker. But the treasure kept increasing, and the spirit, which was one with his indwelling Christ as the treasure, did not become weak, became stronger and stronger. So here we have Christ as the treasure, ministered through a strong, vibrant, exercise spirit of a new covenant minister, who was nevertheless an earthen vessel subject to weakness. This, I feel, is a beautiful testimony of God's way to carry out God's ministry.
1: Ron, our past couple of programs have focused primarily on the complaints that God was bringing against his people. But now we have a portion where Christ is being ushered in. And you can tell, and witnessly speaking, uh, there was some real enjoyment and anticipation of the ushering in of Christ. Let's join him for this first portion of our life study today
0: idea is a rich person. He is particularly rich in Christ. For instance, Christ as the shoot of Jehovah and as the fruit of the earth. These two are the crucial points of chapter four, unveiling Christ to us chapter 4 verse 1 says and seven women will grasp one man in that day saying we will eat our own bread and wear our own clothes just let us bear your name take our reproach away verse 2 in that day the suit of Jehovah will be beauty and glory and the fruit of the earth will be the excellence of And splendor. Now, I should give you at least a little explanation of the shoot and of the fruit. Shoot of Jehovah denotes the refreshing and the riches of life. Just as the shoot of any plant, it denotes life, life refreshing, life vigorous, life growing life producing. Then the fruit of the earth denotes the production. You need the divine life to have the reproduction brought forth and carried out and expressed in Christ humanity. Suppose our Lord Jesus Christ has never become a man. He remains in his divinity, what will come out of him as a fruit? All his different kinds of fruits came out of that divine life, which is indicated by the term shoot of Jehovah. But without Christ's humanity, there's no possibility that the divine life could produce That many kinds of life, the four Gospels do serve this purpose, to show how much Christ has accomplished, how rage is a production of Christ, but it is produced in his humanity. If we do not have a proper human life to match the divine life, we will have no fruit if you go on to New Testament you can see the entire record of New Testament shows us that we, as one chosen by God predestined by Him we need the divine life to be exercised in our human living. Then we have the shoot of Jehovah and we have the fruit of the earth. The New Testament record only shows us this one thing, that is, God and man live together. God is the life within, and man is a fruit without.
1: Ron, how is it that in these two phrases we see Christ, one in his divinity and the other in his humanity?
2: The Old Testament is a book of pictures, and the New Testament primarily is a book of clear, plain, direct speaking. If we put the pictures together with the clear speaking from the New Testament, we will see more of Christ. The New Testament clearly and emphatically reveals that Christ is the unique God-man the complete God and the perfect man, two natures mingled but not confused in one marvelous person. There are prophetic indicators in a book such as Isaiah that our Christ is such a wonderful person, the mingling of divinity and humanity. With this in mind, let us revisit these expressions from Isaiah 4, the shoot of Jehovah and the fruit of the earth. Well, Jehovah is the very God, the self-existing, ever-existing, eternal I am. Jehovah is the triune God, the father, the son, and the spirit. And a shoot is the increase the branching out of Jehovah himself. Well, what other person is there who can be called the shoot of the very God? No person other than our wonderful Christ. The term the shoot of Jehovah refers specifically to Christ's deity. Furthermore, since a shoot is something of the plant life, the shoot of Jehovah denotes the riches and the refreshing of the divine life. So Christ, as such a shoot, embodies the riches, the refreshing, the vigor, the growth, and the productive power of the divine life. Now, isn't this marvelous? The fruit of the earth signifies the produce brought forth and carried out and expressed in Christ's humanity. It is the divine life that is rich and productive. But this divine life must be embodied in something human and expressed through something human in order to be fruitful. So Christ is not only the shoot of Jehovah, He is the fruit of the earth. And by the way, in a very real sense, we are some of that fruit produced by Christ. So Christ is called the shoot of Jehovah, referring to his deity. He is called the fruit of the earth, referring to his humanity. As the fruit and as the shoot, he is the God-man the complete God and the perfect man, life inwardly and fruit outwardly. Here we have a presentation of this truth in a way that points to our experience of Christ as life. I confess I love this, I appreciate this, I enjoy this, and I want to experience this more and more, not only for my spirituality, but for the carrying out of God's economy.
1: Ron, I have to agree, this does kindle and warm and ignite our appetite for such a Christ that we're seeing ushered in and unveiled in Isaiah.
2: We need to see him in a way which causes us to say, Wonderful! What a wonderful Christ! I love you, Lord. I open to you. I want to enjoy you more according to the full revelation in the Bible as a whole and in Isaiah in
0: particular.
1: Run in chapter four, the pictures come in pairs. We've just had the first pair,
0: we have another before us. So let's rejoin Witness Lee. After talking Christ being the shoot of Jehovah, the food of the earth, as they saying, this one is the economy. is a big shade. Well, God has a big move on this earth. A lot of things involved in this move. Christ is the centrality and universality of this great will of God's move? This Christ is also the canopy to cover the whole thing. Have you noticed Isaiah talking about this canopy? He uses another four words, four synonyms. What is the distinction between a canopy? A shelter, a refuge, a shade, a cover. Are these four things, five things, or these are only one thing? You can say this is canopy. My Christ is the reality of the great move of God. He's also the covering. He's also the canopy. I must let you know, I've been fighting over two months. To get here. To speak to you. All the time. Lord. I just hide myself. Under your prevailing blood. I hide myself in you. Lord cover me. Surely we need the hiding. We need the covering. The enemy Satan is not happy to see Christ to be unveiled in a book among God's children at the end of this age. So I began to fight. We all have to realize Christ is the centrality, universality. That is the reality of God's move. Christ is also the canopy. Even God's glory needs to be overshadowed. Christ is the glory and Christ has to be the overshadowing canopy. To overshadow glory over the entire region of Mount Zion. Then this kind of a is not only a kind of overshadowing, but also a shelter. And this refers to the god of Christ as a shade to keep us away from the heat and as refuge and a cover to keep us away from any kind of storm and
1: rain. Now we come to Christ as a shade, a cover, and a refuge to his people that are in his move. The other day, when you and I began the life study of Isaiah, we talked about the wheel, or the great wheel, of God's move, which is alluded to in Isaiah, specifically spoken about in Ezekiel. Here now, we have a further speaking on this subject, and witnessly indicates that there was a fight or a battle raging as he prepared to give such a word. Why does this particular point raise the attack of God's enemy? Christ
2: is the center of God's economy. And this Christ who is the center is all inclusive. This all inclusive Christ is the hub of the wheel, which is God's economy in motion. God is intent to carry out his economy to fulfill his purpose for the satisfaction of his heart's desire. The fulfillment of God's economy requires a move, an action signified by the move of the great wheel. The move of the wheel altogether depends on Christ. The more we see Christ and enjoy Christ, the more we realize that Christ is the center, the preeminent one in God's economy, and that with God's economy, There is a move. God wants the wheel to move. God's enemy wants the wheel to stop. So the battle is over the advancement of God's economy through the move of the great wheel. Our brother Lee was burdened not merely to expound the Bible. He was burdened for God's move in his economy. And our brother realized that this is the essence of Isaiah's prophecy. Furthermore, our brother understood that if the Christ unveiled in Isaiah were presented to God's people in a clear way, they would appreciate Christ more, experience and enjoy Christ more, and participate more in Christ. This would result in more move of the great wheel and a greater advancement of God's economy. So well before these life study messages were released, Brother Lee was preparing through study, through prayer, through searching the Scriptures, through seeking the Lord. He wrote detailed outlines for the messages. He considered before the Lord all the crucial points. The enemy, fearing That God's economy would advance through such a faithful ministry, attacked. So a battle was raging concerning the revelation of Christ in Isaiah with respect to the move of the wheel of God's economy. I thank the Lord that our brother didn't merely sit comfortably in his study and read books, I thank the Lord that he didn't simply pray in a kind of usual way. I thank the Lord and honor the Lord that our brother entered into the warfare on behalf of God and God's people for the release of the word in Isaiah concerning the all-inclusive Christ. He was faithful to prepare, he was faithful to fight, and he was faithful to minister. Now he rests from his labors, And his ministry remains, particularly this portion of his ministry on Isaiah. So now we can realize we're not here for theory. We're not here merely for some spiritual experiences. We mean business with the Lord. We are here for the advancement of God's economy. We love it. The enemy hates it. So war is inevitable. But we, by the Lord's mercy and grace... Stand with the Lord, with his word, with the faithful ministry of the word, and especially with the Christ embodied in the book of Isaiah. If we do not see Christ as unveiled in this book, we will fail to know certain crucial aspects of Christ and delay the move of God's economy.
1: Ron, earlier in the program we heard Witness Lee and also in your sharing uh, ascribe some adjectives regarding the shoot of Jehovah. He's refreshing, he's vigorous, and there's a productive power in the life unveiled in the shoot of Jehovah. I think this productive power has been raised up even a little in our broadcast today.
2: May it be so, and may all the seekers of the Lord experience and enjoy the productive power of the divine life that now resides in their regenerated spirit.
1: Amen, and once again, thank you, Ron, for your help today. Join us again very soon. I hope to do that, Chris. Well, we hope that you join us even as soon as tomorrow as we continue this marvelous life study of Isaiah. We are so grateful to the Lord for the beginning that He has granted us and we pray that in Him it will continue and that Christ will be more and more ushered in, unveiled, opened up and attracting us as we go on in this life study of Isaiah. We will continue tomorrow. Before we leave, let me remind you that this life study message is included in volume number one of the life study of Isaiah. We are out of time. We do invite you back again. Please join us for more Life Study of Isaiah, more sharing from Witness Lee, and our fellowship. Today, for Ron Kangas, I'm Chris Wild. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. Brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, publisher and distributor of the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. If you'd like to contact us, just email radio at lsm.org or call us toll free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Thanks for listening.